Welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we're getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to become an optimist and the many, often unknown, benefits of doing so. More to come on that in a moment, but first, it is Two Bell Tuesday. Oh, hallelujah, Two Bell Tuesday. I'm going to ring the bells twice. You listen with your full presence and awareness and focus as if this were the most important 20 seconds of your life. Here we go. Hmm, thank you, Two Bell Tuesday. Now that we're a little more settled in, let's talk about optimism. Often spoken about alongside its close cousin, pessimism. Now, when you hear those two words, optimism, pessimism, what is your mm, knee-jerk feeling about which one you identify with? Are you more of an optimist? Are you more of a pessimist? You don't have to say it out loud, but just get a sense for yourself as you hear those words and you consider your own personality or expression in relationship to them. If you've listened to this podcast for some time or have followed my teachings over the years, you know at the core of my belief of what leads to a good life is integrating all the various parts of yourself, your humanness, your personality, making space for these parts of you to be seen, accepted, held, and even loved, even the really difficult parts or the parts that we don't like. And this is because being human is complex, and we're going to have many different parts of us that express themselves at different times throughout our life. And if we're constantly suppressing or fighting these parts, well, we just create more tension and suffering. But that doesn't mean we can't condition the mind in a particular way to lead to things that we know uh, create greater well-being and happiness and peace. It's one of the reasons we meditate. And with optimism and pessimism, it's kind of the same thing. If you're someone that identifies as a pessimist, that's okay. And I'm not here to say that you have to become an optimist. But the research does seem to suggest that there are a lot of benefits to a more optimistic way of living your life. And I'm going to share what some of those research-based benefits are because it's kind of mind-blowing. So here are just a few. People with more optimism have lower levels of stress, fewer symptoms of depression, better cardiovascular health, lower risk of Alzheimer's, more positive emotions, greater resilience, greater productivity, they're better sleepers, they're more kind and compassionate, and yes, they live longer, which is higher quality of life because they're also happier. So yeah, there kind of are a lot of benefits that come with living with greater optimism. And if you want to learn more about this research, you could check out the book Learned Optimism or just do a simple Google search on the research benefits of optimism. 
And you know, when we hear this stuff, these benefits, it's, I don't think there's anyone that's going to hear those things and go, I, I don't want more of that. No, I'd prefer to live, uh, I want a shorter lifespan, I want more depression, I want higher levels of stress, I want less positive, fewer positive emotions, less resilience, right? All of these things are, are things in general that we want more of. So what do we do if, you know, we're a little more pessimistic or our optimism is like in its baby stages? Is this something we're stuck with? Is this fixed? Fortunately, that answer is no. Optimism is something we can develop no matter what stage we're at or no matter how pessimistic we are. And that's what I'd like to spend the rest of this episode discussing. Optimism is less about just expecting good experiences to happen and more about how we explain why certain things, especially negative things, happen to us. And this is what the great psychologist Dr. Martin Seligman calls our explanatory style. And what he's found is that pessimists explain negative events in three ways, what he calls the three P's. Now, if you're going to write anything down, this would be it. A pessimist explains negative events as permanent, personal, and pervasive. Permanent, personal, and pervasive. The three P's. So what might this sound like? Well, a negative event might happen in your life, and there might be a feeling that this is just going to last forever. It's not going to change. Permanent. Or there might be a feeling like, this is my fault, or this is because of me, personal, or a sense of just nothing ever goes right in my life. These things always happen. It always happens to me. Pervasive. Permanent. This is always going to be like this. Personal. It's my fault. It happens to me. Pervasive. Nothing ever goes right. So these are the, the three P's, the uh, the explanatory style of someone that is more pessimistic. And I think we can all identify with some of these ways of explaining negative events. I know I certainly have. There are some things that I've been very optimistic toward and other things where, yeah, it has felt like this is my fault or it just feels like this is going to last forever. This emotion, this feeling like won't go away. Or even during certain times of my life, yeah, there was this feeling like nothing is going right. Nothing is going right. And all of that led to this overall pessimism uh, in my life. And like a depression, anxiety, not feeling good about myself, all the negative emotions came up around that. So for me, this is uh, very intuitive. It, it makes sense why explaining events in that way would lead to uh, less happiness, more depression. So what is the opposite if people with pessimism view things as permanent, personal, and pervasive? What about optimists? Well, an optimist, instead of viewing an experience as permanent, they view it as temporary. Instead of viewing it as personal, they're able to see a lot of the variables at play that could lead to this happening. And instead of viewing it as pervasive, they see it as situational and not a representation of their entire life. So let's look at some real-life context to help make this more clear. Let's say you're going through the pain of a breakup or a divorce. If you were to explain that experience or go through it with a pessimistic mentality, 
then when you feel the, the pain of the regret or the sadness or the loneliness, there'll be a, a sense that this is just always going to be like this. This, is, it, it, this will last forever. Now that this has changed, I'm always going to feel this way. So permanent. There might also be explaining it as this is my fault or this is, this is on me. I did something wrong. I can't get it right. I always mess up. So you're making it personal. And you explain this more pervasively in your life, thinking that my life just always goes like this. Nothing ever goes my way. People are always leaving me. And I'm just doomed to have to live a life that's less than I want it to be. So that would be the pessimistic way of explaining that experience. The optimistic way of explaining that, still acknowledging that this is it's going to be a difficult experience regardless, but a more optimistic mentality through that would be, all right, well, I'm feeling really sad, confused, lonely right now, but I know that this emotion, these feelings are just a product of the freshness of this breakup. It just happened. Of course, I'm going to feel like this. But I've felt down in the past, and it's changed. And I know that this, too, will change. And at some point, whether it's a day from now, or a week from now, or a month from now, I will start to feel better. Okay, so instead of seeing it as permanent, you're seeing it as temporary. And optimists would also understand that, you know, there are a lot of things that go into events like this happening. And while I certainly could have said things differently or done things differently or with hindsight would have done things differently, there were also things my partner could have done differently. So it's not just my fault. And in fact, maybe it's nobody's fault. Maybe it's just this is how things unfolded at this point in my life for reasons that are totally outside of my control. And I'm also not the only person to ever go through a breakup or divorce like this. So it doesn't mean there's anything fundamentally broken or wrong about me. I'm one of many people that have had to endure this. And maybe this is just a part of the human experience that, um, that can be tough. That can be tricky. Relationships are complex. So it's not all just me, right? So this is not making it personal. And then lastly... An optimist would see this breakup as situational, not necessarily an indication of how all future relationships are going to go, and also not an indication of how the rest of life will go. They can experience this event and go, well, you know, in this situation, it didn't go the way I wanted to. And maybe it was really difficult, really painful. But this other area of my life is, is doing well, and, you know, I'm still a good person, I have a lot of other good things going for me. And who knows, in the future, maybe maybe this needed to give way in order for me to experience that, that next great relationship. So this is what it would mean to view it as situational rather than pervasive. Hopefully this helps um, color what optimism and pessimism look like in a real-life context. Now, if you're interested in applying this more to your life, it starts with a general sense awareness of what your explanatory style is. And you can even reflect on uh, maybe something difficult you're going through right now or something difficult you went through recently. How did you explain it in the context of the three Ps? Did your mind default to thinking this was permanent? 
Did it feel like this was personal? Did it make it feel pervasive? And when you see your mind get caught in those thought patterns, stop yourself, take a moment, take a breath, and then say, how could I explain this differently? If I weren't to explain this as permanent or all-consuming, what would that look like? If this were to be a temporary thing, what would the narrative be in my mind around it? If this weren't to be so personal, if I weren't to make this so personal all about me, what would that be like? And if this weren't to be this all-consuming, pervasive, my life always goes like this, but rather just a situational event, something that happened, something that all people go through, what would that be like? The more you can be aware of your explanatory style and help to nurture it or shift it to be more optimistic, well, the more you're actively conditioning your brain to experience optimism and for that to be your more default way of relating to negative experiences in the future. This is absolutely something you can do. So if you're feeling down, make sure you're Well, practice now. Start being optimistic that this is something you could cultivate in your own life. It's a practice like anything else. That's why we call this podcast Practicing Human. And if this is something you're interested in or something you need more of, I know you can develop it. So I'm rooting you on and I'm letting you know it's possible. If you want some more assistance on this journey or you want to go deeper into optimism and pessimism, I definitely suggest checking out Learned Optimism by Dr. Martin Seligman. And also my good friend Dan Tomasulo is coming out with a book called Learned Hopefulness that talks a lot about optimism and its role in relationship to depression and well-being. That book hasn't come out yet. It comes out in April, but you can pre-order it. I'll talk, talk more about that once that book is out because... Uh, Well, the early reviews are absolutely incredible, uh, and I think it really packs a punch when it comes to the stuff we're talking about here. So, as always, thank you so much for your practice, for cultivating your mind, your heart, and doing the big work of being human. If you think this stuff can be beneficial to a friend or a family member, feel free to share this episode. It could really help someone going through a difficult time. I'll talk to you tomorrow, and until then... Take care. Hey, before you go, a couple quick announcements. Um, As always, I'd love to hear your updates about what you're enjoying about this podcast, what you think could be improved, how it's impacting you, if in any way at all. Uh, All of that is great feedback for me, and I love to hear it, and it continues to provide inspiration for me to put in the time to make these daily episodes Um, It does take a a lot of time on my part to plan them out, to think them through, to record them. And uh, as much as I enjoy it, the the real fuel for me is hearing how it's impacting you in your life. So um, so if you want to send that via Instagram, uh, you could send me a DM. All of that feedback is really helpful, along with, um, you know, more topics that you'd like to see or topics that are really resonating Uh, with you that you'd like to go deeper into or topics I haven't touched into. I'm putting all of that in the queue and it uh, it helps me when generating uh, new ideas. And also, if uh, you're new to this podcast and you'd like some free resources to supplement your journey, book recommendations, app recommendations, guided meditations, sleep meditations, you could just text your email address to this number, plus one six three one three three seven eight two nine eight and you'll get an automated email to your inbox.
And lastly, if you're enjoying this ad-free podcast, one way to give back is just uh, a simple review on iTunes. It's an opportunity to share how the podcast is impacting you, for others to get to see that. Uh, And it means a lot to me. I love reading them. So thank you again for listening. It's great to have you as part of the community, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.